Ministry Mentorship, Episode 19. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship. This is Jacob Tapia, and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministries. Before we get started with our podcast today, I want to just tell you a little bit about our second Bible study. Uh, We're doing this monthly, and we're going to be having a live broadcast of this Bible study on Tuesday, the 22nd of October. And it's going to be at 7.30 p.m., that's Central Time. And we want you to join us. It's going to be myself, Micah Wisdom, and uh, Angela Harwood. If you go to our Bible study page at ministrymentorship.com backslash Bible dash study, you can find out more information. In this interview, we're going to be talking with Jim Sleva. He is one of the most humble and compassionate and sincere people that you will ever meet. He has served as a missionary for over 15 years, and he currently serves at the Indiana Bible College in Indianapolis, Indiana, where he has served for the past 25 years. And during this time, many, many young people have been impacted by his ministry. He's made a personal contribution to my own ministry, and and I know that you're going to be blessed as you listen to this interview. Let's join the conversation now. We're glad to have Brother Sleva with us today. He has been involved in ministry for 40 years. He served in missions, and he's currently uh, serving as an IBC staff member, and he's worked at IBC for 25 years just an incredible man of God and, and a great inspiration to so many young people. Brother Sleva, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, be involved here. Now, 40 years of ministry, that, that's a long time. Can you tell us a little bit of your story and a little bit of your history? You know, I, I suppose that um, after I graduated from, from Gateway, I wasn't probably planning on this but the way how God unfolded it. I was going to to Europe, to Germany, to help out missions. Uh, I thought for three months. That turned into 15 years. And then uh, after that, it kind of unfolded that uh, I was involved in a number of things there in, in Europe. Um, obviously, Pastor Church during a period of that time, doing outreach in actually a number of countries. Got a little... Um, very wannabe type, uh, I guess, music group together that traveled to a number of countries to help out other missionaries. And then uh, eventually uh, came back here to the United States and got involved in uh, at Indiana Bible College. I guess my heart is kind of kind of for urban inner city type ministry, which uh, allows me the opportunity to work with young people that are at school here in, in that area. Started a thing called Jesus House Ministry, which is was kind of like a that's what I know that I'm going to say is that you have inner-city kids who are crazy, out of control, whatever. It's like a halfway house between that and church. Uh, so you just don't really blow your church up, get your brain in. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a, a, an outreach in that area. Uh, develop a little trust bond you know, with that crowd. And then uh, in the meantime, I've also gotten quite a bit involved with uh, jail ministry, prison ministry. And I guess the whole time I've always had a heart for young people. So... Uh, 
that's kind of a little of the hodgepodge of um, ministries I've been in. Now, Brother Sleva, when did you first feel the call of God on your life? You know, that's a little bit hard to define an exact moment when it wasn't on one day and it was the next day. It was kind of a growing process, um, and I suppose you accept each level that God challenges at. For myself, probably when I was a teenager, I, I um, got involved in some volunteer work at a children's home, and uh, I remember just feeling a, a strong burden, like, man, I well, I'd like to do something about it. At that time, it's kind of like, okay, I'm still kind of working a secular job, and but I like to be involved with the lives of young people in that area. And then I, I had a struggle, like, deciding, well, I wanted to be an electrical engineer, but I felt like God was arguing with me, like, no, I should go to Bible school. And I was explaining that those credits wouldn't transfer to God, and he didn't seem to see my, my point. <laughs> so I ended up going to Bible school, almost at gunpoint, uh, from the Lord. And uh, in the process of that, I realized, like, wow, this is a whole lot more than I thought, and, I, and God began to unfold more. Like, I began to realize that, no, he's got something different in mind. And so I suppose somewhere halfway through my Bible school days, I realized, you know, I will probably never work a secular job. That somehow, and I didn't see how, that I would always be in full-time ministry. Now, if someone would ask me, are you going to be a preacher someday? I would say no in those days. But I felt like I would somehow, though, be in full-time ministry and never have to have a secular job which I'm it to be true. By the time I graduated, I think somewhere in that process, I accepted the fact that, okay, it's going to be, you live for God and you be wherever you want you to be. And uh, that led to, well, I thought I was going to Germany for um, three months, and that ended up being 15 years, of which, in that time, I got very comfortable with, like, okay, i got to say yes to this. Nothing else is going to satisfy. Nothing else will mount the hill of beans. And so... Um, so somewhere in that process, I suppose, in my uh, late teens, early 20s, that I accept the fact that, okay, uh, this is where we're at, and it's going to all it's going to be. I've got to call my life, and i got to say yes. So how did you first get started? I mean, you, you're responding to the call, and I know you talked about Bible school and, and being involved in ministry, but what was that first step that you took toward ministry? You know, in, in my case, and I'll refer back to that children's home, and I'm not even counting those years as ministry for me, but the first step was, I suppose, to when you see a need and you feel something in your heart like, I could make a difference here, or you feel like God's wanting to involve you to make a difference. That's different than you just kind of in your own little way here. But I remember just that... that um, that passion of being to flow out, and I'm thinking like, well, I can I can do some volunteer work here. So I wasn't like assigned a job from somewhere. I suppose the first step is just to make yourself available, and then make myself available. And this is back when I'm like 16 years old, 17. Um, that's when again another door began to open up and kept getting deeper. And then, like I say, that's leading out to Bible school, and I suppose that's preparing. At that time, I didn't even see what I was preparing for. But it was just, uh, I think when God gives you opportunity then, and you step through those doors, and then you begin to prepare you and shape you, the shock for all shocks for me was, when I got done with Bible school, I was thinking in terms of like, well, how would I, what kind of ministry do I think I'm going to be in? 
because again, I'm not really feeling like I'm the, the typical preacher type. And so I know I'm going to graduate in a few months from Bible school, and I'm thinking, what do I do now? Uh, my home church wasn't hurting bad for, for ministers, so, you know, uh, probably Tabernacle being my home church in Indianapolis. I'm thinking, well, I don't think that they're, you know, being a, uh, someone real important to come back. Um, and I was just shifting around trying to think, like, God, oh, what is it? And I suppose at that point, you're seeking God to say, what do I do now? Where is your specific calling? I thought you've led me this far. Now where? And um, it didn't seem logical. Someone suggested to me, like, well, why don't you're looking for a group of people going to Europe to be a team to help missionaries. Why don't you, um, why don't you apply for that? And I remember thinking, well, I didn't make good grades in, in foreign language in high school. I, I don't recall really having a great burden for foreign fields, uh, at least personally. I pray for missionaries, but I didn't feel personally for myself. I remember thinking, nah, that can't be right. And so now what I have is a situation where I feel like God's saying what I felt like he clearly shut all the other doors that I think I would have been good at. He just said, either my conscience checked and said no, or else the door didn't open for everything else. And I remember thinking, God surely don't want me to go to Europe with you. And when I was willing to consider that, man, I felt a real peace. I thought, oh no, man, I know what that peace means. It means that's what God wants to do. And I'm thinking, my brain is going like, man, I don't get this. Uh, are you sure? And so I, I kind of apprehensively signed up, and I made a three-month commitment. He decided for three months, six months, or the maximum length of time was a year yeah, for this impact team. And again, exactly what we were going to be doing, I didn't even really know. It was just the only door that God seemed to have open. And so I walked through it. Uh, after I was there, with, I think within about a month, I realized, man, this is so home. This is so my niche. This is exactly, wow. And I just couldn't believe it. So I guess my first step into a major ministry after Bible school was this opportunity I stepped through, not even thinking it was going to turn to anything. And that uh, that three months I signed up for ended up being the next 15 years of my life, which God just kept you know, extending open into other programs. That, that first year's program was over in a year. Uh, I stayed on working with the churches that were there and, and some missionaries, and then they eventually came up with a name program about after I'd been there seven years, and I became a neighbor. So uh, that was my, probably my first step. Now, you talked a little bit about not feeling maybe a traditional, you know, I've been to Bible school and now I'm going to be a full-time preacher in pulpit ministry. And do you think there's a lot of young people right now that, that struggle with that? Maybe I'm not uh, feeling like I'm going to be in the pulpit all the time, but I feel like I'm called to ministry and I feel like God has a work for me. Talk to that young person right now that's feeling that way. You know, unfortunately, uh, somehow, and I would define it this way, somehow we've, we don't actually teach it this way, but it seems like it's assumed by the way our culture of how our, uh, our church is. I'm either in the ministry or I'm not in the ministry. And so if I'm not in the ministry, that means I'm a good saint. Maybe I teach Sunday school, I pay my tithes, and I'm just a good person, and, and other people do ministry, and I'm not a minister. You know, if I look at the book of Acts, it seemed like everybody had some level of ministry. Not everybody was a pastor. Maybe not everybody's a preacher. But a soul winner, everybody's has a ministry. 
And so if someone would tell me, you know, I don't feel like I have any any ministry, I say, you know, I'm not sure that you're listening to God uh, because I really feel in so many ways that that is so. Um, the guy has to work for everybody. Everybody's got part of the body. And some people say, well, I'm just a financial supporter in the body of Christ. Okay, that, that might be true. But I think even at that, everybody was called to be a witness. As a matter of fact, it's interesting the way it's phrased in, in Acts uh, 1.8. It says uh, that you shall receive power if the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And so I would have to say by that scripture, if God has given me the Holy Ghost, he empowered me to be a witness. So I would say everybody that's spirit-filled should be somehow a witness, which I would have to say that's, that's some type of a ministry. So uh, I think sometimes we, we kind of say, oh, well, ministry is something for, you know, those way out there people or the big shots or the, the oratories, or the people that have the excellent oratory skills and that type of thing. And really, I think you'll find that throughout the Bible, there were a lot of what seemingly were just small people who were faithful in their love to God, and he used them in powerful ways. Um, and so I think what it requires is, number one, the understanding that God is has a purpose for everybody's life, and that I need to say yes to that. Um, if I don't believe that I'm going to become something, but then obviously my, my doubt or my lack of faith is going to inhibit or thwart what God would like to do with my life. So I think there's a, a real need to say, like, God, I'm willing to run as far as you want to run with this. I'm not going to try to be something I'm not supposed to be. In fact, I've tried to do some things that God wasn't in, and it felt pretty majorly. Um, so I've learned it's not where I want to be at. Um, but I find that if, as much as I will follow God, He'll take me way beyond. I think what we can even imagine, uh, our pastor, Brother Mooney, says frequently, he says, if you try to plan your own life, you'll very, you'll underplan. Uh, you have to be able to say, God, I'm placing my life, I'm making, I'm making a commitment. I will give you my life, but you tell me how you want to use that. I, I don't know anybody that God's turned down and says, sorry, I don't need you. You know, Brother Sleva, you've been working with IBC students and and young people in general for 25 years what do you see in this generation and what what kind of a feel are you getting from the young people that you're seeing in our schools and across our nation right now you know I, I sense um, if I'm reading this right that a lot of the young people recognize that they have uh, we have I think the level of talent, for instance, seems to be way above what it was back in my day. The opportunities seem to be way to, to travel or to do anything, uh, to be involved, the, the, the tools and that type of thing for ministry seem to be so much more nowadays. So there, there's a, a huge advantage I think they have. However, at the same time, I think that by itself doesn't make a ministry. There has to be something in the heart of a person that says, God, I want to be what you want me to be. And it's got, it's got to be you working through me. You've got to be the director. You've got to be, um, choosing my course. I can't choose my own course because I think we have a, our human nature has a way of, um, crashing very easily if we start getting on our own little, uh, route or making our own little plan. But it's still back to your question. A sense of the young people nowadays, a lot of them, 
are are hungry to see a work of God in their lives. And so there's this, you're reaching for something that you maybe can't really clearly see. Um, personally, I think that, that the Holy Spirit is trying to challenge young people to, to say yes, to prepare. And I'm not even sure I can even imagine in the next few years what opportunities are going to be because I think our world is shifting so fast that uh, the opportunity to be involved will explode at another whole level totally. I think also as darkness comes in, light becomes so much more conspicuous. And so I think there'll be a, a desperate hunger for in the world when they see people that have a light, young people that have a light, they're going to say, wow, what is that? And they're going to be uh, asked, what is it that you have? And, and it'll be, um, it'll be a tremendous need for people to stand up boldly and say, I am apostolic. I know that there is a God who lives, who is working powerfully in our lives. He can speak a word. He can change our lives. He can do the supernatural. And I feel that a lot of our young people have a hunger for that and, and maybe kind of don't know how to follow that. Or, um, And I think that probably yeah, school-wise, it requires more than just head knowledge of what you learn in a classroom. I think there's this shaping that takes place by the Holy Spirit in our life as we follow God and as he's opening doors of opportunity, he says, look, uh, I'm, I'm daring you, I'm, I'm challenging you to step up and to attempt to do a work for me here, attempt to do work there. And as he gives us steps, we either have to be faithful with that, or if we're not faithful with those opportunities, they'll kind of dry up, and uh, it doesn't matter how much classroom experience I gain. So I sense there's a hunger in young people to say, you know, would you please take my hand and show me how to do this? Not just only teach me how it's supposed to be, but show me how it's supposed to be done. Uh, and like I said, I think we're preparing a generation that's going to have opportunity to far see what I even saw in my life. You've talked, and as I'm hearing you talk, I'm hearing that there has to be a connection with God, and there has to be a seeking after the Lord. It's not just a one-time event. It's a, it's a process. How do you stay connected in your own spiritual life and your own personal walk with God? You know, uh, I'm not sure I got it down all pat, but one thing I'm, I'm very convinced of, without uh, your own personal daily prayer, um, I don't see how you're going to accomplish anything that's going to have lasting fruit. Now, talented people can make a big splash, can make a big scene, and, and be the rave of the day and everybody be excited. But when it all comes down to it, uh, the fruit that's going to last is going to be what's created by the work of the Spirit, not by work of our talent. And so I think I'm, I've convinced myself multiple times how well I can fail if I get on my own track. And so um, these are so steps. One, I think it's important to have a daily devotion that's not just a routine. In the same way you would, um, if you were interested in somebody, you wanted to develop a relationship with somebody, it would require you to take time to um, to kind of seek out what their interests are and try to discover what they're about, whatever. Uh, I think that same thing is necessary. You don't read the Bible to get your Bible reading for the day. You, get, you read the Word to see what's, what's the heart of God. And when you pray to realize this is a, a living, real relationship, not I'm clicking in my, my prayer time or 
you know, X amount of time per day. And and so to try to make it as real as possible to realize this is the real deal. The the God of the universe wants to hang out with us. And I want to make sure that he knows that I definitely want to hang out with him. And therefore, um, one of the other things you mentioned, how you maintain, I guess you have to work hard at, especially in our American culture, there are so many things that want to crowd out God out of our life. And you could be a good person to do religious things. But you have to figure out what I'm not going to do so that I can have real time with God. And so I suppose part of maintenance or developing a relationship is making sure that God doesn't get crowded out by just good works. Um, you have to make decisions about what I'm not going to do. Um, that will stay plugged in and, and seek um, the adventure of walking with God. And that, you know, usually take the other thing too, is it's always going to usually challenge you to go somewhere where you haven't been. And it's going to be a little scary. Uh, that makes it fun because you can trust them. Um, but you have to be willing to still keep walking. You can't say, well, I got this one little thing down. I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. I think you always going to be challenged to take one step farther. If there was one piece of advice that you could give to a young person that feels God leading them into ministry, what would that be? I think the one thing uh, that's on my, feels strong in my heart right now is the need to give God 100%. Uh, I think so often um, we kind of say, like, well, you know, I feel God in this area, but I got some things I want to do too, and they're good things. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little blend here and, um, you know, a little bit of what I want to do, a little bit of what God wants to do, and everybody will be happy. Um, that almost is never going to fly. Um, the poor rich guy came to Jesus. He wasn't poor. I'm referring to that poor state he was in. He was really kind of a wealthy guy, and, and he had all the Ten Commandments down. And, and God saw an area in his life, though, that, that wasn't, uh, he wasn't willing to let go of. He said, well, you're lacking one thing. He said, why don't you sell all you have and give us the poor? And the guy walked away sad. It's like, well, I can follow the Ten Commandments. And I've done all these other things since I was a young people. I mean, I specialize in. But there was an area in his life that, that wasn't 100%, and he couldn't let go of that one. Um, and I think that's true of all of us. Uh, maybe it's not about money or something like that, but I think we all have to give God 100%. Uh, otherwise, when we try to, to make a blend and we're mixing a little bit of my will and his will together, we, we short-strip it out. We frustrate what God's trying to do, and I'm not sure that um, that he takes... Uh, a liking to um, a partial um, commitment to him. In fact, I think I remember reading uh, the scriptures, and this is the greatest commandment in the whole Bible, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And so uh, I think he wants everything. So I was going to give a young, uh, young minister some advice. Um, don't try to blend your commitment to God. If, he, if he's challenged you to do something really crazy, say, as long as I'm under past that my authorities in my life, my pastoral authority, whatever, are in agreement, like, okay, yeah, this is probably God. I wouldn't hold anything back. I've grown with everything in God, and it'll, it'll be the greatest life ever. Well, Brother Sleeve, as we come to a close here, I wonder if you could just take a minute and, and say a prayer over that young person right now that as they're as you've been talking, they're, they're, they're feeling that tug, that pull, that God is speaking to them, and, and maybe they already have 
those dreams, those visions that churning in their heart right now. And I, I would just ask you to just say a prayer for that young person right now that, that's feeling that. Sure. Lord Jesus, I want to, first of all, thank you that you are the God of, of all creation. That your love for us uh, so far exceeds what we could ever imagine. And that you've invited us to be fellow workers in the awesomeness of your kingdom. And what a privilege that is. Uh, especially, Lord, I want to pray for the, the young person right now who, when they look what's in their hand, what they have to offer, might assume that it's so small or so insignificant that it's not really a big deal and it really doesn't count. Lord, I pray that somehow you give them an awareness that, Lord, the most awesome thing we could do is to give you our little, our little loaves and fishes. Because if you'll bless it, you can multiply it and make it so much more than we can ever imagine. And I pray, Lord, we don't hold anything back from you that, that you raise up and give uh, encouragement and faith and just um, a real clear will, Lord, in our hearts that we want to serve you with everything we have. And if it's small, if it's great, whatever it is, God, that if we'll give it to you, you can make it to to go so much farther than we ever could have imagined. And so I pray, Lord, we wouldn't discount ourselves or we'd just say, I only got one talent, it's nothing, and then just bury it. Lord, help us to, to put it into your hands and say, God, wherever you want to go, in a reckless way almost, to say, let our faith, God, take us to wherever we need to go, God, and to know that we never fall short when we give you our all. Uh, we'll never be denied, come up short, you will always, Lord, be faithful to make sure, Lord, that, that what we give in your hands will be blessed and will be multiplied. So I pray that you just give it the real faith and strength, Lord, to follow you with everything we have. If there be any doubt in our mind, God, I pray that you help us understand tonight, God, that there is a huge calling, a great field, and it's not a harvest for a future time. It's for right now. And the shortness is a work for laborers. And so I pray, Lord, that you would send labor into your harvest field. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us the faith to go on to realize it's not our abilities, it's your power and your spirit working through us. And so we give you permission, God, to use us, our lives, all we are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Sleva, thank you so much for joining us today. And I just, I feel the presence of God right now. And I, I just hope that uh, there be some young person right now that would make that, that commitment in your heart. Thank you, Brother Sleva, for bringing that example for us, and, and we just appreciate your ministry. Thank you for being with us today. And then, thank you for allowing me to be a part. Appreciate that. God bless you, too. You've been listening to a Ministry Mentorship Podcast with Jacob Tapia. Find out more about this resource by going to ministrymentorship.com, where you'll find more interviews, inspirational quotes, and other resources to help you develop your ministry. You can also leave us a comment, Subscribe to our newsletter, make a donation, or connect on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening.